The basement's all in Please don't push me, but y'all push B. Now we got dwellers from Cali to Flatbush B. Now they got heat on their feet that say press B. And now we so deep in the streets, y'all can't stress me. Can't curse me, then bless me. I'm crucifying my flesh, that's less me. SAT from preaching, can't test me. Atheists are now believing, that bless me. Yeah, we got the basement replacing any of those worldly pursuits that y'all chasing. Any of those trials and tests that y'all facing Any of the relationships that y'all changing We rearranging, making the shame shift Giving Satan back what's his, that's the blame shift Rise up and walk commands, that's the lame shift Cheat codes for living this life, that's the game shift All on Yeshua man, the rest is manure man I'm dying daily so I rise up a purer man Pressing B daily so my sins looking fewer man Washing the blood so my sins down the sewer man yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be uh, Yeah, so press B with me And let's let whatever gon' be just be Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen I am your delayed host, Tim Ross <laughs> Hey, I love you guys so much We are going, li listen, it's Monday We're going live we were going to go live at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, which is when we go live. And you know what happened? <laughs> the Internet went out. We had a literal service outage in our area that affected the city we live in, the city next to us. And I called my my uh, my it's not a cable provider. What is it? An Internet. I called my Internet provider because we got broadband here. We got, I got files plugged in like fiber optic champion 100% download upload reload all the loads we we we're, we're we're here for all of it and what had happened was um yeah it, i i called and they assured me that i paid my bill um but it didn't have nothing to do with that the service in the whole area went down and so um we had to pivot and do some other stuff. And then it came back up and we looked each other deeply in the eyes. We looked each other deeply in the eyes. And you know what we said? We said, we are doing the pod anyway. This day's not over. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We coming back like we never left. We don't care if it's four o'clock now, Central Standard Time. We still coming on and we still doing two hours. Why? We're committed to this thing. Amen. This is what we do on Mondays. It would have been a, it would have just been a huge void if we went the whole day and didn't go live. So that was outside of our control. But as soon as it came back into our control, we was like, we are we about to go live. And, and so we have. Um, I was able to do a great um, pod with uh, somebody. I can't wait for y'all to see that one. If you see me distracted over here, we also decided to go live. On TikTok. And so this is the first time with me going live on TikTok simultaneously Man. with YouTube live. And so we're double live. I guess if we threw Instagram in here one day, we'd be triple live. But right now, it's YouTube and uh, the people that are riding out with us on TikTok. I appreciate all of you guys. So um, I love you guys. And uh, I'm drinking a detox tonic uh, just because I care about my body and um, 
I'm just chilling. So uh, shout out to everybody that's that's press B. Shout out to all my B siders. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. You have no idea what it means to me and for me that you would be um, someone that supports what we do like we do. Uh, we took off the memberships uh, from YouTube. Uh, we're not on Patreon. This is this is our app. We're not giving somebody thirty percent YouTube. We're not giving uh, somebody twelve percent Patreon. Um, if you're if you're a monthly subscriber or if you're an annual subscriber, um, that's coming into our company so that we can build and create this app and create this service that we feel like is going to be blessing a whole lot of people. We gave you a safe. Uh, what do we? What do, what, what do I say? We gave you a safe space with the pod and we've given you a safe place with the platform with the app so um thank you all for everyone that has downloaded it for everyone that has literally pressed b shout out to everyone that has downloaded we have over twenty thousand people that have downloaded the app we have over five thousand active subscribers if you haven't subscribed yet uh i encourage you to do so thank you for making this a priority thank you for your support thank you for allowing us to get this kind of content out there i am so hyped um, for a couple of reasons. The first reason uh, doesn't even have to do with me. I want to give flowers to Lecrae. Lecrae Moore won two Grammys. Um, and uh, I am so proud of him. His work ethic, his dedication, his perseverance, his transparency, uh, his tenacity. Um, two Grammys is just an amazing feat. So Lecrae... Salute. I love you so much. Um, and I just couldn't be happier that uh, my boy walked away with two of them. You know what I'm saying? The collab with Tasha Cobb, Leonard, and uh, Church Closed Four. I mean, what are we even talking about? That's some good stuff. That is that is some good stuff. So, um all right, so here, here, here's, where, here's where I wanted to start today. I was going to start this way earlier, and then I was like, you know what? This is still on me. Even though we had to start delayed, even though we had to start later on in the day, this, this thing was still on me, still heavy on me. So I wanted to break it down, and I don't know who this is for, so I'm saying this up front. I, I hope this is encouraging for somebody. I hope this calibrates somebody to understand, like, you know, if you got, if you feel like God's called you to do something, if you, if you feel like you're, you're, you're starting to get really, really close to what purpose means for you, uh, to what passion means for you, then this will probably help you. If you're not there or nowhere near there, it'll probably still help you. You can take notes on it or whatever, or maybe you can encourage somebody else that you, that you think is close to this. But I started thinking about what it is we do. I started thinking about what we started doing, uh, July 6th of 2022. And here it is now 18 months later, almost 19 months later. And, um, oh, actually, yeah, well, well it'll be 19 months tomorrow. Uh, today's the fifth, which is dope. So uh, 19 months ago, uh, we we said yes to what God wanted us to do. He wanted us to start this podcast and had no idea the reach it would have, had no idea the influence that it would have, had no idea the controversy it would have. Um, but based on a couple of things that we heard from God, that he wanted us to, to call it the basement, that he wanted us to, um, wanted me 
specifically to take the way I had mentored and discipled people people privately and start talking like that publicly. Super scary. Um, and to be hot, honest, open, and transparent. Um, uh, and to be authentic, right? Like, like not to code switch. Um, to talk the way I talk at home uh, with my people. Um, and not try to, you know, impress or uh, in any way try to, like, I don't know, protect my reputation. I don't even know how to really describe it. All I know is when he told me to be authentic and, and to, to talk publicly the way I talk privately, as as scary and as naked as that felt, I knew I had to obey what God was telling me to do. And so we did it. And as a result, we've connected with you. As a result, you've connected with me. As a result, we've connected with each other. And um, it's turned into a movement. Um, the dwellers are among some of the most unique, uh, authentic, realistic, uh, humble people that I have ever met in my life. There isn't one city I go to where I meet a dweller where I'm like, you can't be rocking with me. Like, we all got the same spirit. There's a humility. There is a an, an openness. There's a kindness. There is a, a level of generosity that we have. There is a there is a level of respect that we have for each other. There's a level there's a level of um uh emotional intelligence that we have that is just like refreshing. And so um I started I, I've been thinking a lot about um what it is that we've been called to do. Um and I say we because You've bought into the philosophy of the basement. You've pressed B. You've come down. You understand that Jesus is a chief cornerstone. You understand that if there was a 100-story building and Jesus is a chief cornerstone, what floor would you want to be on? And we just made up our mind. We don't want to be far from him. And um, I've been thinking about how in 2023, uh, as the, 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 um, the pod continued to rise in influence and popularity, um, and scrutiny, like, you know, you take some blows and, and, and you and you you hear some things that people say about it and, and the way they're experiencing it. And you hear some of the things that could just be an honest critique and, and some of the things that could just be uh, an honest experience. Then you hear other stuff that's just like really mean and really rude. And it, it, it crosses the boundary of just like I. I Hey, I love you, but I don't like what you do. It's um, it's like I don't like you as a person, and it's like you got to hear all of that, and then and then at some point you got to figure out who are you doing this for. You you got to remind yourself who started you doing this, why are you doing this, to whom are you doing this for, what is the what is the what is the what is the goal? What is the win? Do you even know when you're winning? And let me tell you something. It took me right back to this good old Bible. And when I went back to this Bible, I thought to myself, my rabbi got a lot to say about all this stuff here. And because my rabbi got a lot, of, a lot to say about this stuff here, I got a lot of stuff to say about it too. And um I wanted to uh 
I, I wanted to like give you this context based on scripture that I hope helps you because it's definitely helped me. And um, I just want to read a couple of verses and then let's just talk about it real quick. So what what I've been what I've been thinking about and what I have been like um processing is the way I've doubled down and really tripled down, I would even say quadrupled down on my dwellers. Like you know you can't be everything for everybody. You know that everybody ain't going to like you. You know that everybody ain't going to understand you. You know that everybody's not going to agree with you. And so at some point, you have to, and I did this early, but I've just been appreciating it through the lens of Scripture. Like, I'm I'm in on who I'm called to. Like, I know I know what I'm called to do, and I know to whom I'm called to do it. And when you have, when you double down on that, that's where your blessings are. If you bake cakes, you got to know that there's some people that don't think cakes are healthy and they're they're like vegans and they don't want nothing that that cake is a, a danger to their body. Why would you try to market to them? They don't want what you got. If you open up a steakhouse, don't expect a vegan to roll up in there. If you if if you start. If if you start a, a a hair business and you only do dreadlocks, don't expect nobody to come that got a perm. <laughs> you got to know who you call to. And you got to be down with those people even when it feels like it's discouraging. You got to be down with those people and to that fan base or to that customer base or to those constituents, even if it seems like it's not growing. You got to be faithful to those people. And everybody is not your people. You will never get everybody to like your product. As wildly popular as iPhones are, do y'all know there's actually more Android devices than there are Apple devices? As wildly popular as Android devices are, do you know there's still some people that just want to flip phone? There's about a million point five people in America keeping flip phones in business. There's no sense in Apple getting mad. I can't believe you still got a flip phone. How come you don't want one of our iPhones? They don't want it, man. As many people have AT&T, as many people have Verizon, as many people have T-Mobile, as many people have Sprint, do you know who some people's service provider is? Cricket. Boost Mobile. There's somebody using U.S. Cellular right now in the middle of Wyoming. They're never going to get on Verizon. They don't want it. Singular. Singular wireless. They don't want your service. Everybody don't want you. Everybody does not want what you offer. They 
they they like what they like. They want what they want. So, Tim, you sound real passionate about that. Seems like you seems like you're really uh really on fire for the Lord right now. Yeah, let me read you some verses. All right, so let me start with Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10, verse number 5. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. I know y'all mad already. I know y'all don't want to believe that about the Savior. I know y'all don't want to believe that the Savior had a target audience. He died for everyone. He did. But in him living, he only lived for Israel. His target audience was the lost sheep of Israel. So much so that he told his disciples, don't go to Gentiles. That would be you and me, the majority of us. He said, don't go to Samaritans. He said, only go to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus had a target audience. And he doubled down on that target audience. He didn't talk to nobody else. He wasn't interested in nobody else. And before you say, oh, what about the Seraphonician woman? I know. Oh, what about the Roman centurion? I know. Those were aberrations. He only spoke to Israelites. Why? That was his target audience. I'm only talking to these people right here. And his entire earthly ministry, that's who he was focused on. Let's give you another one. This is Matthew. Chapter number 15, starting at the 21st verse. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. Dude was igging her. Not even a word. This should mean something for somebody that thinks that you have to reply to everybody that's saying something about you. Woo! I'm already cooking. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. <laughs> Talk about a woman who's not easily offended. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great, your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. Jesus had a target audience, but her faith and her persistence and her ability to not be easily offended is why she saw a miracle come into her house, even though Jesus was not talking to her, even though she could have felt slighted that he implied that she was a dog. She was not easily offended, and as a result, she got a miracle. Some of y'all need to understand that some, some of you all have robbed yourself of miracles because you're too easily offended. Mm -mm -mm, mm -mm 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 -mm. 
Some of y'all are too easily offended. That's why you can't see a miracle happen in your life. Cause you you too mad. You you they ain't gonna talk to you like that. Okay. Cool. Don't get a breakthrough then. Oh, they ain't gonna do that to me. Some of y'all just got some of y'all is like perpetually stuck in Dave Chappelle's keeping it wrong when keeping it real goes wrong skit. You swear you gotta give somebody the last word. That's why you ain't got no miracle. That's why you don't have no breakthrough. Because everything ain't about talking back. Everything ain't about clapping back. Everybody that says something about you doesn't deserve your response. People ain't got to like your stuff. People ain't got to. Let me talk to some content creators right here. People ain't got to like your content. Why, why, are you, why are you 52 comments deep in your own comment section? Arguing with somebody that doesn't like your content. If if you make sushi rolls, you're going to be mad that everybody that bites into your sushi roll don't think it's the bomb? Everybody ain't going to like your stuff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody on TikTok <laughs> said, at me next time, Tim. <laughs> Brooklyn said, at me next time. <laughs> Yeah, like if you don't like it, you ain't you you ain't gotta you ain't gotta say nothing to everybody. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This, this even goes for your family members. Stop thinking you gotta chase down family members to try to resolve something that they don't want to resolve. You're gonna drive yourself crazy. I promise you, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. So this ain't this is not about you getting your way. This is not about you winning the argument. This is about you being focused on who you're called to. Who are you called to? Focus on them. Stop focusing on people that do not agree with what you're doing. The scribes and the Pharisees did not agree with Jesus. Every time they came to him, they came to him to test him. They came to him to trap him. He did not, he did not take a lot of time with these people. Why? I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, there's another one. Ooh, let me get that one, because that one's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Okay. And this is all, for, for something, for some reason, Matthew was just out here winning. So Matthew chapter number nine Boom, 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 boom. All right, so um, Matthew chapter number nine, starting at, where is it? The ninth verse. We'll just start from nine, okay? As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Hear me, a, a, a tax collector was somebody that was despised and reviled in Jewish culture, especially a Jewish tax collector that would be accepting, that, that would be receiving taxes for Rome from other Jewish people. You were, you were the scum of the earth. Jesus picks that guy, okay? And that guy follows Jesus, okay? Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. 
along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Can we just stop and say that when Matthew invited Jesus and his other disciples to his home as dinner guests, Jesus accepted the invitation? Even though other tax collectors and disreputable disreputable sinners would be there? So let's just say, let's just say, let's just put out on record that if you see a believer in a place with a bunch of unbelievers— that doesn't necessarily mean that that believer is, is participating in the unbelieving behavior. Just because they showed up doesn't mean that they participated in the same way the other people there have participated, okay? But when the Pharisees saw this, ooh, 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 I'm going slow. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Oh, so who's the scum? Who gets to who gets to judge who is scum and who's not? Jesus is at the dinner with these so-called scummy people. But the religious leaders want to know, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, remember, they didn't they didn't have the guts to ask Jesus the question. They tried to ask Jesus' disciples. Just so y'all know, if, if, y'all are, if y'all are down, like, y'all down ten toes deep as dwellers with us, here's what I want you to know. You ain't got to say nothing to the people that don't like us. I don't need you to defend me. I can speak for myself. And if I don't have nothing to say about a person that we all know said something, just know it's not worth the response. Jesus heard this. He said to them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come not, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Jesus understood his assignment. I know, I know I'm not for everybody. I knew when I started this pod, this pod is not for everybody. It's just not. But you have to, sometimes you have to remind yourself who you're actually here for. I am not here to impact the entire body of Christ. Nobody can do that. I'm here for dwellers. I'm here for the people that buy into the basement philosophy. I'm here, I am here to impact the lives of people that want to know how to take the black, white, and red of Scripture and apply it to their everyday life. That's who I'm here for. And you may not like the way that I deliver it. You may not like the way I execute it. But if you rock with us, you rock with us for one reason and one reason only. We keep it real. We are hot. We are honest, open, and transparent. We firmly believe the truth about Jesus his life, his birth, his life, his death, his, res- his resurrection, his ascension, and his second coming. That's why you're here. You, I, you may be Assemblies of God, but you're still here. You may have grew up Baptist, but you're still here. You may have came in agnostic, but you're still here. You may have came here as an atheist, but you're still here. You may have came here as a lesbian, a homosexual, transgender, but you're still here. You press B. I'm down for everybody to press B. 
Ain't nobody checking your affiliation at the door. Ain't nobody checking what you believe at the door. Just press B. Anybody and everybody is welcome down here. You can come at, you can come down here and hang with us and completely disagree with us. At least you're going to do it in a safe space. Press B. When I say press B with me and let's let whatever going to be just be, I mean that thing. I'm not lying. I mean exactly what I said. Press B with me and let's let whatever going to be just be. That means if we're going to agree, cool, press B. If we're going to disagree, cool, press B. You're going to say, hey, man, cool, press B. You're going to say, hey, man, cool, press B. But let's dwell together. We ain't got to have it all right. I might be wrong on some stuff. You might be wrong on some stuff. But at least we're saying we can dwell together. I'm sick of people. I'm sick of people acting like everything that come out their mouth is the 100 percent gospel truth. The only person I know to be 100 percent true is the truth himself. And his name is Yeshua. Everybody else is suspect. So that's all I'm saying. <sighs> let, let's 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 let me let me let me give you one more Bible thing before we get to this. All right, so in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, Matthew 28, Matthew 20. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, so uh, this is the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28, starting at the 16th verse. Uh, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so our assignment is to make disciples of all nations. Here's my answer. I mean, here, here's my question. Is it possible for you to disciple everybody in every single nation? Let me answer the question for you. The answer is no. There are language barriers. There are cultural barriers. So how how are we going to accomplish this mandate if one person cannot accomplish this mandate right you can't ask me right now to go to germany and be an evangelist to germany and i don't know the german language unless i'm willing to learn the german language or have a translator i'm not going to be able to disciple that nation i'm not going to be able to be dropped off in the middle of the congo and disciple that nation without some help so when we're asked to disciple people, we're asked, we're asked to join a part of a conspiracy, a mass conspiring to get souls into the kingdom of God. And so with your influence in your language and in your culture, you try to make as many people as you can have influence of disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do. So we fulfill the great commission that was given over 2,000 years ago by taking what we know in Scripture and applying it to every part of our life. That's what we do. 
That is what we do. And to that end, we try to impact and, and I'll use a stronger word, infect as many people we can with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do. But you can only do that on the level that you have influence. And what is wild to me is how many people actually think that uh, we are bound to relate to everybody. You don't relate to everybody in your family. Hell, some of y'all can't relate to yourself. So this is this is not this is not what we are. We're, we're, we're never going to reach everybody. We we have to focus in on the people we've been called to. It would be crazy for a Sprint customer to dial up Verizon's customer service line. It does not matter how much the person at Verizon genuinely wants to help the Sprint customer. They are not in the same system. They might be sharing cell towers, but they're not sharing signals. They don't have the account number. There's, there's nothing that they can do for them. So you can only help the people that you've been called to help. I'm trying to, I, I hope this is helping somebody. Is this helping anybody, please? Please tell me it is. Because I don't want you to, I don't want you to go throughout, to, thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't want you to go through the rest of 2024 frustrated. Some of y'all have, some of y'all been wasting too much energy trying to get people to like you that are never going to like you. <laughs> They're not going to like you. Some of y'all need to switch churches in 2024. There I said it. I didn't know I was about to say it, but there I said it. Ain't no sense in you complaining about the church for a whole nother year. <laughs> just, just leave. And don't leave bad and don't leave with an attitude. But if you don't agree with the lead pastor, if you don't agree with, with, with the direction that the church is going, stop. you're not going to change them. Just leave. Find you a church. Whatever church you find is going to be imperfect. Whatever church you find is going to have flaws. Whatever pastor you submit yourself to is going to have a human side of them. And if you get close enough, you're going to wish you didn't see it. Every pastor. Even the best of them. They're human. They don't get it all right all the time. Some of their blood sugar gets low. They get hypoglycemic and they didn't eat lunch. And then they had a counseling session with you. And they said something cross and you got hurt. And now you don't like the whole church. Nope. He just had a bad day. Pastors can have bad sermons. That doesn't mean that they're bad people. All I'm saying is, why would you just continue to complain every weekend? Just stop going to the church. You call yourself in friendships and relationships with people, but you complain about them all the time. You ain't got to, you, you can vote with your feet. You don't have to be in that relationship. Some of you young ladies is mad that you've been dating this man for four years and he still hasn't proposed. This is your fault at this point. You're teaching him how to treat you. <laughs> Some of you guys been dating, dating this girl for two years and you want to take the relationship deeper and she doesn't. It's this your fault at this point. She's told you everything she wanted to tell you about the relationship and what she feels about it. She don't want to do nothing else with you. It's just the bottom line. 
So, <sighs> I hope this is helping somebody. I really do. You wanted me to see this poll? Yeah. Are you going to switch churches in the future or are you too scared? I'm too scared to switch churches. I I love the honesty. Yeah, I love the honesty. I get it. I still love the honesty. I love the honesty of all of that. But I'm but I'm I'm telling you right now, people you are teaching people how to treat you. By what you do and what you don't do, by what you say and what you don't say. And you are responsible for that. They are not responsible for that. They already told you how they felt about you. They might not have told you with their words, but I promise you they told you with their actions. And if you haven't picked up on that, that's not on me. That's not on them. That's on you. Because people are always telling you how they feel about you. Some of, uh, some of us just need to pay attention and stop calling red flags hot pink. That's not on them. That's on you. Yeah, behavior is a language. And some people are fluent in it. <laughs> some people are fluent in the language. So I, I just, I, that's where I wanted to start today. I, I promise you, I I thought like maybe earlier once the, once the, once the uh, internet kind of went down that maybe like, oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to even mention that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is when we got ready to get back on this one, it was still right at the forefront of my mind. I, 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 I'm telling you through scripture, I am, I am very content on who I am called to dwellers. I'm, I'm called, I'm called to get people to press B and become dwellers. For the kingdom, we we can call them disciples. We can call them dwellers. You you can call them whatever you want to. Whatever whatever your community is called. I'm just telling you, we we making dwellers down here. And I'm telling you, when you press B, I don't expect everybody to press B and come down to the basement and believe exactly the way I believe on day one. I don't expect you to come down here and agree with everything that I say or with the way that I say it. Said it. I'm just telling you, this is the way we live life. In the same way Jesus was called to the lost sheep of Israel. I understand that my my calling is unique and everybody ain't going to get it. And I'm not focused on the people that don't get it. So, <sighs> I feel much better now that I got that out. I've been waiting to say that all day. So, what's up with everybody? What y'all doing? Where where we at? What what are y'all doing? What is we doing right now? What is we doing today? On today. What y'all want to talk about? Mm -mm -mm. 
Okay. Um, what we getting into today? We got voicemails. What we got? Yeah, we can do uh, some voicemails. In the meantime, if y'all want to ask some questions in the chat, and we'll post them up right now. Uh, uh, scroll back up. Scroll back up. I just saw something. Uh, Cheerio. Uh, is it wrong to get closure from someone who hurt you while following God? I sometimes feel like I'm taking matters in my own hands and don't want to offend his strength to deliver me from my hurt. Is it wrong to get closure from someone who hurt you while following God? Um, no, it's not wrong. Uh, but what I will say is that it's not necessary. Cheerio. Um, it's not wrong to want to get closure, but I also want you to know it's not necessary. Um, there are some people that have the emotional intelligence uh, to be able to hold space for somebody that's experienced them negatively. But there's a lot of people who don't even know what to do with it. And sometimes you can seek closure from somebody and end up more hurt and wounded by that person than if you would have just left it alone. So um, I have had relationships that have soured or kind of, you know, fallen by the wayside. And I know I can have the type of conversation with that person that even if we, uh, neither one of us change our perspective, that we are both emotionally intelligent enough to have the conversation and let, let it, let that conversation rest wherever it ends. But there's some other people, they don't, they don't have it in them. They don't, you can you, you can go try to seek closure with them, and they're just so wounded. They're going to hurt you even more. They're going to gaslight you, and they're going to let you know that, hey, I still think this is your fault, and I did nothing wrong, and if you would have done something different, then I would have done something different. And there's nothing you can do with that type of individual. And so if you've already tried that and experienced that, I wouldn't put myself in that situation again. I, I just wouldn't even open myself up for that type of scenario because all you're going to do is get hurt again. So I hope that helps. Tim, can you confirm or deny if you're able to hear this when I play it? It's a question from a dweller. I don't hear it. Nothing. Uh-uh. We'll keep going down this chat then. Sweet. Uh, do the... Uh, scroll up. Uh, not 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 that one yet. Um, go back up. Uh, th uh, uh, right there, sag queen. I think so. Uh, telling the truth about someone is that gossiping? Who are you telling that truth to? That's the question I would ask. Is telling the truth about someone gossiping? Who are you telling this truth to? Are you telling the truth to them? Are 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 you are you just telling the truth to a bunch of people that don't even know them? If if that's the case, that's gossiping for sure. Um are you telling the truth about someone to someone that also knows this person and they could be in danger of being abused by this person if they don't know the information you have to give them? That would not be gossiping. 
Um, but but do y'all see like the 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 level of um, sensitivity you have to have to the scenario when we talk about telling the truth about somebody? Cause man, don't 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 let Cat Williams get y'all out here twisted, right? Like as much as we all were in a chokehold <laughs> to that interview that Cat had with with Shannon, um, Cat wasn't talking about anybody based on my knowledge that he didn't have a relationship with that he didn't have a personal experience with and then has something to say and he came on Shannon's show because all these other comedians had come on the show before and gave a narrative that cat knew not to be true based on his own experiences. So he went on that same platform with that same host to talk about those individuals in that context. And a lot of people, like, I want you to have that in context because there's a lot of people out here that think they are Cat Williams, that they are the new Cat Williams person, that they out here keeping it real. And you're not keeping it real. You're keeping it sinful. You're gossiping, you're backbiting, you're 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 sowing dis- discord amongst brethren. You you are spreading division. Why? Because you don't know this person that you're talking about. You've never had a conversation with them, and now you're telling other people about something that you just heard, or you just saw, or you just watched, and you actually thinking like I'm speaking truth to power. They're not even listening to you. They don't watch your channel. But you swear you're defending the faith. Are you though? There's there's so many there's so many Jesus lawyers out here. They I can't tell you how many people are out here thinking that they are Jesus's defense attorney. As if he needs it. Let's just preach the gospel. The best thing the, the the best thing to come against the lies of the enemy is with the truth of the gospel. Like but all these people out here that they talking about a person they've never met and they've never had a conversation with and you and you think you got the same grace and anointing as Cat Williams, you don't. No, you out here doing you're not you're not you're not anywhere near Cat Cat knew these people he was talking about. He worked with these people. He talked to these people. He confronted these people. You out here call yourself confronting a person you've never talked to. You've never reached out to them. You've never tried to have a discussion with them. You've never tried to get a better understanding of what this he or she may have been talking about. You just saw something that you didn't like, and now all of a sudden you've become the expert on this person because you went and watched the last 10 episodes of their pod. And now I know them. You didn't sit with that person. You didn't break bread with that person. You didn't come to that person's house. You didn't invite them to yours. But y'all swear y'all in the Bible. But y'all playing duck, duck, goose with it. Maybe you should read it straight through. Because sometimes all that bunny hopping, you miss some stuff. 
You can miss some stuff bunny hopping. Ollies look great if you're a skater. They look horrible if you're a believer. So, that's what I'm saying. Tim, hmm. could you confirm or deny if you hear this? I don't hear nothing. Hi, my name is Andrew. Uh, currently, every aspect of my life I feel like is a dumpster fire. Uh, my marriage is falling apart. Church is falling apart. Uh, before that, I was kind of shunned from the church anyways. At least I feel like. Um, you know, lost all of my friends from there. Um, I was also recently diagnosed with bipolar, so that's new. Stopping meds, new medicine, and a brand new career that I can't seem to focus on um, because of everything else. And to top it off, I just I feel further from God than ever before. Like I know the whole never too far gone and, you know, all that, but it just, being back on track, and close to God again seems unattainable. Um, I don't have anyone that I feel like I can talk to um, or I feel like would give me advice that I should listen to. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, I just feel like I'm constantly spiraling down and just, I don't, I don't know how to get back out of this hole. All right. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you uh, so much. And that, gosh, let me first um, just validate that that's a lot, man. Um, your marriage, the church, the job, um, being diagnosed with bipolarism. That's a lot, man. Losing your friends. Um, one of those things would be enough. When 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 they're when they're all piled on at the same time, that that can be very very heartbreaking. So I, I first just want to acknowledge that man, you are going through a really sucky time, and that's heavy and it's a lot. And I can completely understand why um, you you feel despair, that you feel like a connection with God is unattainable. I completely understand it. And I want you to understand that it's a lie. The thought that you cannot attain a connection with God through all of this is a lie. It's what the enemy wants us to believe when we feel despair, when we feel, when we feel hopelessness. So I don't want you to lose hope. Um, and I do want to hold the tension that you're going through a sucky situation you're going through a really bad season and i do not want you to lose hope um here's where most people are afraid to connect with god when they're angry with him we are most afraid to connect with god when we are angry with him because we have been taught that you cannot question God, that you cannot be angry with God, that you must always have the right words to say. I can't tell you how many times growing up we would be in a prayer circle 
and we would ask a person to pray and they would literally freeze up. L literally like, I, 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 I can't pray. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't pray? <laughs> Everybody can pray. All you do is talk to God. I, I don't talk that well. And so, and what I realized, I, I can only speak about my experience. If you've had this experience in your upbringing in our circles or whatever, I'm only going to speak for mine. You know, the only time we heard people pray and heard people be commended for prayers were people that, that were on a mic. And they were the very verbose, eloquent prayers. Father God, in the name of Jesus, from whom all blessings flow, master of the universe, you made the cosmos, the firmament, you split the air from the sea. You put birds on land. You, I mean, you put birds in the air. You put animals on land. You put fish in the sea. You're a sovereign God. You're a holy God. You are a magnificent God. The stars hang in the balance of the universe at the sound of your word. The sun hasn't moved one millimeter because you haven't told it to. The moon is pulling back water in the ocean because of the connectivity you gave it. And so God is with that fervency that today we pray. We pray for Mother Mary and we ask that every cellular uh, fiber in her being would line up according to your word. We ask that the cancer would be removed and dissipate now in Jesus name. God. We pray for diabetes to be debilitated by the divinity of your power. We ask God that your word would hold up Mother Johnson's court battle in the same way Joshua had the sun stand still until all his enemies were gone. Nigga. <laughs> That's why nobody else want to pray. Who wants to pray after that? If that is the template of prayer, who wants to pray? But you know what prayers we haven't normalized? God today sucks. I don't feel like reading my Bible today, God. <sighs> my marriage is falling apart. My church is falling apart. I don't have no more friends. I just got diagnosed with bipolar. I didn't even know what was going on in my body. That's probably why my wife's mad now. I was on a certain medication. And I didn't even know it was making my mood swing and I got off that medication. Now I'm on other medication. I got a new job. I can't even concentrate, God. Are you even here? Do you even hear me? I love you, God. I don't like you. I don't like you. I didn't sign up for this when I got in ministry. <sighs> I know you're faithful, but I just don't feel it right now. I know you're faithful, but I'm not. I don't, I don't need it. That's all I got today, Lord. It's a prayer.
that's a prayer. But you know what we would call that prayer? Oh, brother, come on. You know God's better than that. Man, you, you need to believe more. You need to read. You need to get back in your word. I mean, well, no, the, 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 the truth is the majority of people in church, and especially in, in American Western church, they can't handle a negative prayer. They can't handle an honest prayer. So here we come with 50 pounds of Jesus glitter to throw over all of our situations. Hey, my loved one got diagnosed with stage four cancer, but we know God is a healer. Shut the. I already know he's a healer. I knew it when I, when I just told you that, that somebody has been diagnosed with stage four cancer, maybe just shut the hell up. How about that? How about don't quote a scripture because I already know it. The scripture is true and stage four cancer is true too. I believe in miracles and without one, they die. Just because you can't hold tension, don't try to run over my experience by throwing Jesus glitter on top of my pain. This is real pain and I'm going to sit in this pain. And I'm not going to throw Jesus glitter on it and try to remix it into something that it's not. Don't tell me, well, at least if they die, they go to heaven. Don't nobody want to hear that right now. That does not bring me solace when I know that on this side of heaven, I will have to live with their absence. So I'm just uh, uh, Olive Free 88. Stop it right there. I felt everything you said when my mother died. She passed away in 2015. Can you get back up to her? Uh, she passed. Uh, go down. There it is. Uh, she passed away in 2015. One of the hardest seasons of my life. And I had to uh, that I had to grow through. Absolutely. Your mama died. It don't matter when she died. If she dies young, it's devastating. If she lives to be 97, I still don't want my mama to die. You came out of her womb. It's your first address. As long as you've been alive, you've known your mama. <laughs> and then she dies and you just want us to throw a nice little verse on top of it? What the What? Who? doing out here and this is why people don't want to pray and because they don't pray and talk to God even when they're mad guess what happens they feel like they're disconnected so Andrew I think his name was Andrew Andrew feels disconnected from God because he can't talk to him during the midnight of his soul it's the very time we should be talking to him and the prayer is not eloquent you're not thanking God for the stars and the skies and the moon and the provision, all that kind of stuff. All you feel is your pain. And he wants to hear that too, but we don't think that's a prayer. So now guess what? Andrew ain't talked to God in a while. So Andrew, talk to God, man. Talk, talk to God in, 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 in the middle of your bipolarism. I'm not saying it's going to change anything. All I'm saying is you, you'll know that you're connected. 
He ain't even got to answer you. I know you in the house. <laughs> you are a very present help in the time of trouble. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fill her evil for thou art with me. I know you with me. You may not be talking, but I know you with me. So you, so you might have to catch this work. These words may not be the best words that I have, but these are the words right now. These are the only words I got. Yo, Fully Bop. So this is Olivia. Um, I have been on quite the health journey um, in my life and um, been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, stage 4 osteoarthritis, endometriosis, reproductive surgery, um, severe anemia, uh, uh, and amongst other things, all diagnosed before I was 30. And so I've just been on this, like, radical health journey and um, getting good out of it. God has started to lead me the last year and a half, um, two years on this nutrition journey and really seeing how what I put in my body can really affect what happens. And so I even now believe that he's giving me this burden to bring it to the hood. I'm from the west side of Chicago and I feel like that's like a really big thing. And like, so I'm working on projects to try and see how I can bring this to the hood. But you've been going on and on today about how everybody's not for you, everybody's not your audience. I'm just trying to see, like, how do you navigate, like, bringing something that a lot of people may not really be down for, but they really might need because they it seems right to them, but it, it's a path that leads to destruction. So, like, how would I, would I go about um, bringing this to people um, and helping them to choose the way of life and eating God's way? Um, and if you have any scripture reference for it at all, I'm open to it. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Um, so first of all, let me commend you on your journey and where that journey has brought you to, uh, which is the level when you get healed enough and you do enough work, you're ready to help others. That's so commendable. And I just want to celebrate that, uh, with you. If you feel led to go back into the hood to help some people understand that, uh, their life and the quality of it could be linked to what they're putting in, in their mouth, then you just need to be obedient to do what he's called you to do. I think a lot of times we think that um, numbers means confirmation of obedience, and it's not the case. It's just not the case. Um, there was way more people that um, uh, were unfollowers of Jesus then we're followers of Jesus. Um, you look at messi uh, Messianic Jewish congregations now, um, a, a mega church in the Messianic Jewish movement would be around 500 people. If a Messianic Jewish congregation has 500 people in attendance, that would be a mega church. So numbers doesn't always mean like, I guess God is here because there's a bunch of people. Sometimes the only thing you need is obedience. So if you went to the West side of Chicago and got four people to start eating right, I call that a win. Because what is your motive for doing it? Are, are we trying to change lives or, or, or are we only going to try to change it if it gets us noticed? The, the 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 people that wound that have wound up billionaires in our society 
they wound up billionaires because they were just trying to fix a problem. Like Jeff Bezos wasn't in his garage like, I'm going to be a billionaire one day. He was just trying to ship books and make it more convenient for people to get something to their house. And then it turned into Amazon. I don't think Steve Jobs was sitting up thinking, I'm going to be a billionaire one day. I think he was trying to integrate technology into our everyday lives, and it turned into Apple. I, I don't think Bill Gates was sitting up like, man, I'm about to be a billionaire. I just think he was like, I'm tired of writing code into my computer. Maybe if they double-click it on an icon, it would it would be, be faster. So I think every I think everything starts out with you just going, I have a burden for this and a passion and I feel led to do it and I'm gonna do it. Who knows? Five years from now, you might you may have like a healthy restaurant on the west side of Chicago where nobody in the hood can get like a decent meal. You know how you know how hard it is to eat healthy? You know how expensive it is to eat healthy? A burger is a dollar, and a healthy salad is $11. So we got to, we, we got to, we got to, um, we got to focus in on why we're doing what we're doing. When we started this pod, I mean, I think we've said this however many times, I don't know now, but we started this pod, and I thought to myself, if I get 3,000 subscribers to this pod, that's our win. I never looked at Hector and was like, "Hey, bro, if we don't if we don't crack a thousand, I'm if we don't crack a hundred thousand, I'm out because I don't do anything unless unless I do it big." No, it's obedience over sacrifice over here. I I haven't done anything for numbers. I've done everything I've done out of obedience. The numbers came after I decided to obey, so I'm not here to. I'm not here to do nothing that looks. Um, Looks successful. I think success is obedience. That's the only, that's my measure for success. Was I obedient to what he told me to do? When I was a lead pastor, I went out, preached my sermon, and when I walked off, the first person I asked was the Lord. Did, are you pleased with what I just did? Did I, did I do what you told me to do? And if I felt like he was pleased, then that's all that mattered. Somebody could come up afterwards and be like, hey, man, your message sucked. Okay, that's fine, but... I felt like if I did what I think the Lord told me to do, then I'm at peace with that. It's the same thing with this pod. I do this pod, and when I'm done with this pod, as long as the Lord was pleased with it, and my 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 wife and my kids, it's up. It's past me at that point. It's past me at that point. So, yeah. We got a thousand plus in the in the chateau right now. At what what time is it right now? Five thirty five our time. We are, we out here doing the most, aren't we? Unbelievable. We are doing our thing. I love it. I love the thing we doing. And we got a. Uh, around two hundred coming in and out for TikTok, vibing with us the whole time. I love it. I love it. I love you, TikTok people. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Steve. Steve Moran. Okay, so uh 
Yes, Steve. C3 Hobart in Tasmania. I was down in at C3 a few years back. Y'all's hospitality to me was amazing. Um, I, I I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Stevie. You're amazing. I oh, my bad. Um, I just I've been around the world. Hobart, Tasmania. I was down there with the people. Them, I love them. All good. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Uncle Tim, it's Chi. I had something on my heart, and I just wanted some advice on it. How do you overcome imposter syndrome when you have feelings that make you feel like you're not worthy enough or other people have already done it and you need to be at their level to even be successful? I know that you said when you first started out on YouTube that you just posted videos and just did that. I want to maybe get some advice on how do I posture myself with the courage to start, you know, in first Timothy chapter four, it talks about that we have gifts and that we should exercise those gifts. And I very much want to be obedient to God in that way. But sometimes I do have like an imposter syndrome and I don't want to feed into that, but it is there sometimes. And since this is a place where we can be vulnerable and transparent, I just thought I'd ask your advice because you are my inspiration and you creating this podcast and being obedient to God has transformed my life. And I'm really, really grateful for you and thankful for you. So if you can help me out with that, I appreciate that. Love you, uncle. I love you too, Chi. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, it's a great question that you ask and listen, any of us can slip into imposter syndrome. Um, I'll never forget a few years ago. Um, I was at a conference and I was asked to be, I was one of the conference speakers, but I was the only conference speaker that didn't write a book. And there was a panel and all of these guys had written books, multiple books, and, and they had a lot of influence. And I was in the back, like, I don't deserve to be on this panel. Like, I don't even know why I'm on the panel. And I was like, I wasn't about to hyperventilate, but I just really felt like a fraud. Like, I was just like, why, why did they even put me on the panel? Maybe I can get out of it. Um, maybe if I come back from lunch late, like, you know what I mean? They would have already started and then, then took my chair away or something. And just very sweetly, the Holy Spirit just reassured me, like, do you honestly think you're up there because you wrote or didn't write a book? You're up there because I put you up there. And you have something to say. And y'all know how I am because I keep it a book, just like you just did, Chi. When I got up there, the first thing I did once they like finally asked me a question that I felt like I could answer that they were like, Hey, it's for anybody on the panel. And I just said, um, I just want to call out, first of all, the fact that I felt like a fraud for being up here. And, uh, that was the enemy trying to make me not take up the space that God had given me. I'm supposed to be on this panel with this, with the rest of the people. And it, it was like a, something broke in the room. Because there would be a lot of pastors that are pastoring right now that actually feel like I'm a fraud. Why am I even doing this? The enemy, if the enemy can get you to doubt what you're doing, he will do it. Remember, remember, there's nothing new under the sun. So he tried to get Jesus to have imposter syndrome. If you are really the son of God, his, all his temptations were around identity. So there's nothing new under the sun, Chi. And so what you have to do is acknowledge those feelings, acknowledge that feeling of imposter syndrome 
And then you have to do what you do in the face of it anyway. You may feel like a fraud. I'm going to do it anyway. I may feel fake and phony. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't believe I deserve to be here, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't believe I should have the the influence that I have. I'm going to exercise that authority anyway. Like you, you got to just, you got to move past it. And so my encouragement to you is to not allow those negative feelings and narratives um, to control your life. It's good to be curious enough about them. Like, why am I feeling this way? Like I would investigate that and through curiosity, figure out where that is coming from. Like I always need to know where it's coming from. For me, uh, like I said a couple of years ago, I felt that way because I didn't write a book. Once I once I addressed that that feeling, then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and reassured me. And then I'm like, I ain't got to write no book to be up here. I'm anointed to be up here. That's the bottom line. He wanted me here, so I'm here. If I wasn't supposed to be here, I wouldn't be here. So um, I hope that's helpful for you. Hi, Uncle Tim. Hi, Basement Team. Um, my question is, how do I deal with feelings of rejection so that it doesn't jeopardize future relationships that God would want to have me in? I am currently 24. I'm almost 25 and I'm single. I have been enjoying this period of my life. I have really good friends and a really great family. I've been, however, thinking about the future and I know that God may want me to have other friendships and maybe even a partner in the future. And the thought of that to me is a bit scary. And I realize that that is because of previous relationships where I would have felt betrayed and rejected, and I don't, I'm, I'm scared of, of experiencing that again. But I don't want that to jeopardize what God has for me. So how do I manage those feelings well so that I can welcome other persons who God would have in my life? Thank you, guys. Love you. Beautiful. I'm so you, you, you already answered your question. So how do you get over that rejection? You, you address that fear and do it anyway. When, when you have been rejected, the only way to overcome that rejection is to put yourself in the position again to be rejected. That's the only way to get around it. The only way to get around rejection is to put yourself in a position to be rejected. There's no other way around it. You cannot protect you. The only way to protect yourself from rejection is to never put yourself out there again. Acceptance is never guaranteed. For anybody, you are not guaranteed acceptance. You are guaranteed an opportunity to be loved. You are not guaranteed an you are not guaranteed love. You're guaranteed an opportunity to be loved. You are not guaranteed acceptance. You are guaranteed an opportunity to be accepted. And you won't know that until you put yourself out there. Bottom line. So you got to put yourself out there. And if you don't put yourself out there, you will never know. You're never going to know. 
So what do I always say? What do we always say in the basement? If you can't do it brave, do it what? Do it scared. If you can't do it brave, do it scared. This is not about the fear of rejection going away. This is about feeling the fear and doing something anyway. That's why we do what we do the way that we do it. So that's my hope and my prayer is that um, you allow that to come forth. Be brave. Be bold. You want to be in a relationship? You are not guaranteed acceptance. You are guaranteed the opportunity. But you will never know if you don't put yourself out there. Producer question, what is a day in the life of 17-year-old Timmy running the streets of Los Angeles? <laughs> um, 17-year-old Tim was... Uh, had a lot of insecurity, low self-esteem. Um, porn addict like crazy. That's why I dealt with any stress at all. Um, super kind. Fiercely loyal. Very, very safe for my friends. I held I I've I didn't know I was holding space for my friends. I didn't know that I was being basically who I am now, just not aware. But I've always been a, a safe person for my for my friends and my family. And I've always been a good secret keeper. When somebody tells me something, nobody else hears it. It's one of my claims to fame. You can tell me something and you're never going to hear it again from anybody. Because that's not the way I, I don't do that. And then if I and, and then also conversely, 17 year old Tim, if I got an issue with you, I'm going I'm to run up on you. And not like to fight. You know, um, but we we got to have a conversation, and and I don't even want to have a conversation. But you ain't about to walk around like everything's okay. That ain't gonna happen either. So that was what 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 made you ask that question? I just like to. I, I sometimes I just want to see it in my head, like where you're running around on a certain street, you were picking up a taco, macking on a Filipino girl. I don't know. I just wanted to see hear about the details of yeah, like I was what you were doing. Yeah, I was macking. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, I was. We are still waiting on some more voicemail questions. So if you want to maybe get some questions from the TikTok chat That's fine. or YouTube, because we're still waiting on some more. No, it's all good. It's all good. I can. Uh, uh, Micaiah, uh, uh, can you talk about ways to navigate self-hate slash pity in your internal dialogue. I'm fine when I'm around other loving people, but when I'm alone, it is brutal. Yes, the self-talk has to change, Micaiah. The self-talk has to change. Um, I wish I could um, run through an exercise with you that I, that, that um, so I've been giving Nathan and Noah, uh, well, I've been giving Nathan words of affirmation since he was two years old. 
I've been given Noah words of affirmation since he was born. Obviously, Nathan was first. I started with with Nathan. Um, a couple of hey son, when did we start the um? When did I tell you to start the self talk? Wasn't that a few months ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was a few months ago. Yeah. So yeah, what we've I we've been doing it for a couple months. Yeah. So what I did with um, what I what I what I started doing with Nathan and Noah. Nate, uh, Nate actually, would you explain it, please, to Micaiah? Sure. So uh, what we used to do. Uh, well, no, what we still do, not what we used to do, is what we do is that after devotion, uh, I will, uh, think about words myself that I believe in myself, that is positive, that is positive to me, and that can also help other people. So, like, after I would be, like, I am a good role model, I am positive, I am godly. I believe in myself. I would say things that would like uplift me specifically that I can believe in myself so that I know so that like when I like maybe like go around or like uh or like I'll be like out of anybody else's like presence like family members I'll know that I said this myself and that I can believe in it cuz like you dad you used to give me words of affirmation but then now it's like I'm saying it to myself so that I know I'm saying it. It's not just you saying it. So That's that, right. Uh, I'm hearing it, but it's also me just saying it so that I know myself. I I know who I am myself. And Absolutely. I can say it and confirm that this is me, and I'm positive that this is me, and it's going to stay like this. So, yeah. And when you when you do the um, the self-talk, I have you look me in the eyes. Why? Uh, so that it's believable. So it's believable so that you know that I believe this about myself and I'm not just saying that's any right. word that just comes up straight into my head. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Micaiah, I, I just want you to understand that self-talk takes repetition. And in the same way you've had this internal dialogue of self-hate and pity, you have to write new, you have to write new narratives for yourself. And so uh, what I would like you to do is to write down five things about yourself that are positive and you know to be true. It might be very, very difficult at first, but I need you to start off with five. And every single day when you wake up in the morning and when you go to sleep at night, I need you to rehearse these five things about yourself over and over and over again that is what you need and 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 you need to do it for about 45 days straight every morning and every night you there're going to be days that you don't even believe it about yourself there're going to be days that it feels incongruent um but you got to understand you're saying something about yourself not based on perfection but based on progression and the more you confess, the more you progress. So that's that's what I want you to do. And I and I, I really hope that helps. Hi, Tim. And of course, Hector and Holy, too. Um, it's been really great listening to your podcast. It's helping me on my journey um, to grow closer to God. So it's been a blessing to my life. The question I would ask is, as I'm on this journey, 
Um, dating is hard. Um, what advice would you give for explaining your celibacy choice um, and standing firm on that? Um, even when dating men in church, it's still not easy. Um, so what advice you, would you have for that? Thank you. Yeah, so first, um, you're so sweet. <laughs> and uh, I, I appreciate your commitment to celibacy before marriage. Um, and it is difficult to be a celibate person um, in such a sexualized culture. It is more difficult when you are a celibate person in church and you can't even get the men in that church to have a baseline of biblical foundation to know that they should not be trying to engage a woman in church and expecting sex before marriage to even be entertained. That's exhausting. It's, 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 it's one thing. It's one thing to be an individual who is, you know, out there in the world and you're a believer and you, you know, you might be with a coworker or whatever, and they don't know your faith. And so they're trying to hit on you. It's another thing to have a dude in church Get into a dating relationship and he want to know when y'all going to bone. What are we? Are we serious right now? How is this even up for discussion? Like, how is it even up for discussion? I'll tell you how it's up for discussion. Because these people have never been crucified to the cross. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me give you some Bible. Let me, let me give you some Bible. Let me give you some Bible. Where is it? Okay. Okay. Boom. Galatians chapter number five. Uh, let me read it in uh, NLT. Oh, NLT. Galatians 5, round 20. Okay, so um, verse number 24. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, this is so good. Verse 24 and 25. This is, oh, is going to be beautiful. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Believers don't believe this. I'm not, I'm not talking about unbelievers. Believers don't believe this. They believe this up until it's a part of their life and or lifestyle that they're not ready to pin to the cross. So so you got a bunch of you got a bunch of people that that have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. But but they still want to have sex. With you before you get married. Oh, no. You you meet a man in church. Here's here's one of the questions you got to ask. Are you crucified? 
hey, you're, you're an attractive woman. I would like to take you out. Okay, cool. Has your sexual desire been crucified to the cross? Because there's not going to be any Netflix and chilling. So has your penis been crucified to the cross? Hey, I would love to date you. You're a, good, you're a handsome guy. Has your vagina been crucified to the cross? I would just need to know that first because um, he can't come out into... He can't come out and play until I do. So I don't know if that is a deal breaker for you or not, but we don't. I don't get to have sex until I'm married. Are we still going to Cheesecake Factory or no? <laughs> you being celibate is a choice that you should not be penalized for. And I can't tell you how many men and women have been I'm, believers, how many men and women as believers have been blacklisted? I don't know if that's the right word or not. But you get put on a list. I can't mess with, they're not down to do anything. They're a believer in Jesus. What do you expect them to be down to do? So that's my that that's my um my admonition is you should keep your conviction and you should let that individual know I'm not saying it's a first date conversation but by third date for sure you might be looking forward to something here that you're not going to get <laughs> I just need you to know you may be looking forward to something here that you're not going to get. I'm just telling you, I know I look good. I know I look fly. But you ain't getting nothing from me. I'm telling no lies. Like that's as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are either about this life or you're not. And you can't be a about some of it and not about the other parts of it. I'm not talking about somebody that, you know, you got weak and y'all fell into sin. I'm talking about habitual stuff. If if you got caught up in the moment and you wound up having sex before marriage and you realize this is a mistake and this cannot happen again, there's forgiveness for you. But if this is like I'm... You got up in the morning talking about I'm going over her house tonight and we're going to do it. Then you're, this is premeditated. What are, what are you talking about? Stop playing. You're not about that life yet. You're not about that life until it feels like it hurts. Before I got married, I couldn't have sex. Sucked. Gave my life to Jesus and I was like, oh, my God, I wasn't even convicted about this before I gave my life to Jesus. Now I'm convicted about this. I feel bad. And so I and and so I had to crucify my flesh. With its affections and its lust. One is not the other. You can love Jesus and be in a situation where sheesh. This is going to be an issue. And you got to be honest about it. But say something Hector. Uh it's actually just from TikTok and probably ties into a little bit of what you're talking on from uh, uh, Hel Helbert Kara. Advice for the best things to do when you break up or take time to heal for your mental health. 
Yeah. So so if you if you've been in a uh, in a relationship for any time, right? Because a, a relationship can be significant even if it's brief. So obviously, the longer the relationship lasts, there's a lot more involved in it, especially if they've met other friends and then met your family and stuff like that. But when you break up with somebody, you got to give yourself time to recover. The rebounding, y'all's rebounding is too quick. It's wild. Y'all remarried too fast. Y'all, y'all are dating again too fast. And you don't even got the old person out of your system. And you, when, when you don't take time to fully recover emotionally and relationally, you know what happens? The next person you date is penalized by the former person you were with. You penalize that new person based on the actions of the old person. I can't tell you how many good relationships I've seen break up because the person never detoxed the old person out of their system. And so you're literally just treating the new person the way you wanted to treat the old person. <laughs> but you weren't brave enough to do it with them, and so now you're doing it with him. And then you're wondering why the relationship don't work. Because you still got Robert in you. You still got Robert in you. And you probably wouldn't have as much of Robert in you if you wouldn't have let Robert in you. I'm just saying. They call it a tie for a reason. You can't have somebody all up in you and then think that you're going to get them out in two weeks. That's not going to happen. Weed stays in your system longer than that. You talking about so you need to have a detox uh be okay by yourself engage with your friends write in a journal take up a hobby get active doing something um and there's no really prescribed time limit it's not like hey give yourself 90 days and you'll be okay some people need a little bit longer if you're like i'm a i'm a very emotional being if juliet would have broke up with me Oh, I'd have been devastated. I would have needed some time. Oh, God, I would have needed some time. I would have needed some time to recover. And it's the one, It's the reason why we're going to be together forever, because I already told her, if you ever try to leave me, I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> like, I, I don't see myself living my life without Juliet. Would you get an RV and, you know, park outside? Assert dominance. Mm, I'd just be in my car. Oh, oh. Okay. I'll charge my Tesla at a charging station and I just sit on the front till oh, the battery okay. goes dead. Sure. Well, till it almost goes dead, then I'll go back and recharge it again. Um, AP, can you talk about uh I would I would love to talk about it. Uh scroll up. AP is right there. AP, can you talk about men who say polygamy is supported by the Bible? It's not. Yeah, so let's talk about the fact that they think it is, but it's not. What what they're what what they what is supported by the Bible is the brokenness of man. <laughs> that There's a lot of scripture on that. But you got to remember, anything that you talk about after Genesis chapter number two deals with the fallen nature of man. So these, I, and the reason why I wanted to uh, hit on this, because when I was a young adult pastor, I had a guy come to my office with his wife. His wife is the one that set up this meeting. 
this guy sat down with me and I'm like, hey, tell me why you're here. So she told me what was going on. Then he told me what was going on. And I'm like, okay, so what's going on? And she said, uh, me and my husband have been married for this long. My best friend is my best friend. And he came to me. Talk about audacity. He came to me and, and asked me if I could, if he could marry my best friend as well. And then th that way he would have two wives. And so I'm looking at him like, bro, are you serious? He's like, absolutely. I mean, it happened in the Bible. Jacob had four wives and Abraham had Hagar. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure you understand these scriptures right. You are asking your wife to consent to you marrying her best friend. Yeah, I don't see no problem with it. It's biblical. And there's countless times where these guys took more than one wife. I said, okay. I said, um, do you believe Ephesians 5? Do you believe that marriage is a type and shadow of Christ and his love for, for the church? Yeah, I do believe that. I said, and you believe in polygamy? Yeah, I believe in polygamy. Okay, cool. I said, but you believe that marriage between a man and a woman is a type and shadow of Jesus and his love for the church? Yeah, I believe that. I said, then who is Jesus' side chick? Tell me, who is, tell me who his other wife is. Is it Islam? Who else is Jesus married to? Outside of the bride, who is the church? Who's his other wife? Krishna? Hinduism? Who else is he married to? Who is it? What, what his other wife's name is? I'm trying to just figure it out real quick. The Bible is bookended between a man and a woman. It starts with a marriage. It ends with a marriage. Genesis chapter number two. Adam and Eve. Matthew 22. The spirit and the bride say, come. It's bookended by marriage. Between a man and a woman. Not between a man and two women. It wasn't Adam and Eve, Barbara, Michelle, Tasha. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, dun -dun 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 -dun, dun -dun 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 -dun, that DMX. There was Brenda, Felicia, Tasha, like, like there wasn't all these women. There was one. He wasn't given options. He was given a woman, a man for a woman. Well, you don't understand how men are built and men, they're just at their primal level. They just, they, 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 they're going to see a woman and want to have sex with her to, you know, spread their seed. Where, where does the Bible give us permission to do that? Well, David had a bunch of wives. David also had a man killed. Just because they were acting like the kings of the, uh, of the Middle East where they lived doesn't mean that God was pleased with what they were doing. I got to remember, y'all reading a Bible full of human beings that were broken trying to figure life out. The only reason why Hagar was an option for 
Abram was because he was so scared when he got to Egypt, he lied and called Sarah his sister, which is only half true. <laughs> he was given a dowry for his lie. And then God has to interrupt Pharaoh and tell him that this is Abram's wife. To which Pharaoh goes, bro, you almost had me sleep with your wife and got me in trouble with your God. Get out of here. But he doesn't take the dowry back. Part of that dowry was animals. Part of that dowry was servants. Part of that, part of that dowry was male servants and female servants, of which Hagar was one of them. For Hagar, for, for, for Sarah to even suggest that Abram could go into Hagar makes her a slave. Does Hagar have a choice? This is her master. She is property. It is not a good look. Are we literally going to look at this in hindsight and think that this is the will of God? It wasn't. But it happened. Why? Because God only has a bunch of broken people to work with to try to accomplish his plans. This is how you get prostitutes in the lineage of Jesus. Why? Because ain't no perfect way to get to a perfect being if you're using imperfect people. It's not, it's, it is not complicated, people. Broken humanity produces broken stuff. But marriage from the beginning was between a man and a woman. And it doesn't matter how secularized our culture becomes, it's not going to change scripture. I'm just, I can't even apologize for that. It is what it is. If you don't want to be married, man, to one woman, don't be a Christian. And then go knock yourself out, my nigga. Like, go marry five. Young lady, if, if, if you don't want one husband, stop calling yourself a Christian and, and run through the lot. Take peen from every block you're on. It won't even matter. I'm, we're not telling anybody that's not a believer in Jesus Christ how to live. That would be illegal. I don't even have permission to do that. But if you're going to call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, there, 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 are certain, there are certain things that you can and cannot do. So I don't care what the, what the, what the community says. I don't care nothing about what, what is LGBTQIA plus WXY or Z. If you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, there are certain tenets that scripture are very, very clear on that we can't even argue with. You can't even argue with it. It's not even up for argument. Y'all still trying to find a scripture that's like, I don't think it meant this when it said this about homosexuality. But nobody's going to be able to point to one gay affirming scripture in the entire Bible. You can't find it. Genesis, Genesis, uh, 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 to, to Revelation covers about 4,000 years of human history. That's more than enough time for two dudes 
to be in the covenant of God's will. Guess what? They're not there. That's more than enough time for two women to be in the covenant of God's will. Guess what? It's not there. So while y'all still pointing to the verses arguing over what you think it says, you can't point to one verse where two dudes are in covenant with God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Guess what you cannot have if you have two dudes? You can't have a next generation. It's not even possible. I'm going to let it marinate. Because y'all don't want to hear it. But if he's a generational God, you can't get Abraham, Isaac to Jacob without another woman. Two dudes ain't getting you to the next generation. And he's a generational God. Sorry. Two women will not get you to the next generation. He's a generational God. So I don't care what, what this country says is permissible. It's permissible to people that do not accept Jesus as Lord. But you cannot accept Jesus as Lord and think that you can still apply secular principles to a book of commandments. One was given by the people for the people. That's a constitution. It's a democracy. But it's called a kingdom for a reason. There is a king. And a king doesn't give a constitution. He gives commandments. And the commandments say what they say. They say what they say. You don't think everybody would want to have a, a side piece? It's just not, you can't justify it. And if marriage is a type and shadow of Christ and his church, you cannot sit here, up here and tell me that God would be okay with you having a, another spouse. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Hmm. You gonna let that one breathe? I'm gonna let it breathe. <laughs> I'm gonna let it breathe. Again, I don't I don't have nothing to say about people that that haven't accepted Jesus as Lord. But if you if you confess Jesus as Lord, there's certain things that are in this Bible that you don't have to agree with. You still got to do it. You still got to do it. So I hope that makes sense to y'all. I can't tell you how much stuff I've died to as a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't like it. But I got to do it. It's not up for discussion. Now that you've let things die and it's been years of therapy and coaching, what is the aftermath like? Do you still miss it or do you, does it feel very good to be out of that old skin and you can see it from a mile away that it did no good? Yeah, it, it does no good, but your body keeps score. So your body 
my body, some, I'll just talk about my body. My body sometimes is trying to remind me what we used to do before Jesus. It's like, hey, bro, we have fun. Why, why don't we go back to having fun? We can't have that kind of fun. <laughs> that kind of fun would literally disconnect me uh, from my relationship with God and, and, and make me feel terrible condemnation. I don't want to have that, that. That kind of fun is too expensive. I'm, I can't have that kind of fun. I'm so sorry. I'm going home. I know you want to run the streets. We, we're not for the streets anymore. Right. Sorry. And I don't let my adolescent self run around and control my adult body. He's in the back seat with a seatbelt on. I'm driving. Actually, I'm not even driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Holy Spirit is driving. Mm -hmm. Hi, Uncle Tim. Hello, everyone. I do have a question. Uh, but first, I just want to say thank you, Tim, for being so faithful. I have been watching the podcast for over a year. My life has literally changed, and I've been so encouraged, not just by you, but how you lead your life and your family and watching the others in the basement grow. Um, my question is, as a teacher, I currently work abroad and I will be moving to the States in a few years. And I'm really discouraged and worried because I'm seeing so crazy and how hectic it is. And I feel conflicted because I know God has called me to teach the nations. And I'm also watching how te teachers are being treated and what is being said to them and how much pressure is being put on them. And I'm trying to stay faithful to what I know God is telling me, but also feeling pretty discouraged and worried because of the financial side and the student side and the parent side. So I just wondered if you had any encouragement for that. Love you guys. Yeah, my encouragement is be not weary and well-doing. Let's get it. I like to have addresses for the stuff that I'm talking about. So let's get it. Um, all right, so this is Galatians chapter number six, verse number nine. Where, where's my, uh, well, I was already in five, so six. Okay, great. Um, Uh, verse number uh, Galatians 6 verse number 9 says this so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up therefore whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith listen we've been called to do some stuff that is we're not going to be commended for first of all you as a teacher should be getting paid a million dollars a year. Like teachers should be getting NBA salaries. I'm sorry. These dudes dunking the basketball. I mean, okay, yay. But you're educating the next generation. You should be, you should be in seven figures. Like you should be. Our 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 teachers and our and our law enforcement officials, our nurses, our firemen. They they should be paid high six figures for the mental impact, the mental toll that they have to deal with every single day. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with, like, you're, you're in a room with 30 kids. You don't know how they've been raised. Um, you don't know who's brought a gun. You don't know who's been exposed to pornography. You don't know who's been molested. You don't know who's been raped. You don't know who's been abused. So, like, it's, it's a lot for teachers out here. That, like, 
we're we're asking you to educate the next generation sometimes in you know untenable situations it's like there's just no how are you going to get out how are you even going to deal with the situation right and so you're you're one of my heroes and if you feel a burden to do this you got to do this even though you know it sucks You got to do this even though you know it, man, the the, na- the way the nation's going, the way school policies are going. If you feel like you're supposed to be the bright light in that space, you got to show up. Even discouraged, you got to show up. You just got to show up. Um, there's a There's a verse... There's a whole rant Paul goes on. I'm going to see if I can find it quickly. If not, I'll have to get it back to you. I have to get it to you on a, a different time. But um, he goes off on this tangent, and it's like a beautiful tangent. Um, uh, let me see. Is that the word? Maybe that's not the word. Give me one second. If I again, if I can find it, that okay. That that's good. <laughs> um, uh, I can't find it. But Paul goes off on this tangent. Tangent. Maybe y'all know where it is because my brain. I've been talking all day. Um, he talks about just all. He just goes back and forth. We've been. This has happened to us. That has happened to us. Um. I can't remember what it is. Oh, my brain is just. Uh, I don't know where it is. And I'm not even giving y'all enough information for you to help me. Where is this Bible passage? Uh, uh, not maybe hold on let me see if this word does it somebody somebody says second corinthians 1 8 let me see because that might be it uh yes thank you so much hey scroll up who said that tabria thank you tabria because when I tell you Uncle Tim's brain is, ooh, man. Okay, so so I hope this helps you. It says, we think we, uh, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the classroom. I, I always try to, like, make it relate to what you're doing. About the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. Ooh. Ooh. I love that kind of talk. 
uh, we have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Yeah, that was it. That's exactly what I was looking for. Like, like that's what we want. That's what we want. We want to, we want to, we want to know that we've been called to do something. And even at our point of discouragement, when we feel crushed and overwhelmed, be all beyond our ability to endure, we do it anyway. <laughs> Paul said we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And that's where we put, that's where we put our hope. That was a uh, that was a uh, First Corinthians. Somebody asked on TikTok, "Where were we?" That's First Corinthians, uh, one, chapter. I'm uh, sorry, chapter number one. First, no, wait a minute. Second Corinthians, chapter number one, verses eight through ten. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter number one, verses eight through ten. That's what that's what we were on right there. So. Um, <laughs> Miguel said, Unc, since it's our since it's late, can we stay tonight? Our mama said it's okay. <laughs> oh, uh Joshua uh G Gates Hill said in Espanol tío Tim. Uh see. Sí. Um Nathan, will you go get my uh uh Santa Biblia uh out of this room, por favor? I'll be grateful. I got a new Spanish. I got a new Spanish coach from Colombia, who lives in Japón. See, si. yeah, he teaches Spanish in Japón, which is Japan. All right. So this is um, dos Corintios. Um, capítulo uno. Ocho. Um, ocho, nueve y diez. Um, amados hermanos, pensamos que tienen que estar el tanto de las dificultades que hemos atravesado en la provincia en la provincia de Asia would, would you still say Asia or would it be Asia for Asia Asia just Asia um, uh, fuimos oprimidos oprimidos y Agobiados más um, allá o allá de nuestra capacidad de aguantar, uh, oh, aguantar y hasta pensamos que no sa, um, saldríamos con vida. De hecho, um, espera, esperábamos morir, pero como resultado de, de, ambos, de, de uh, dejamos 
de confiar en nosotros mismos y aprendemos a confiar solo en Dios, quien resucita a los muertos. Efect efectivamente, oh, I love that word. Efectivamente, Efectivamente, Él nos um, rescató del peligro mortal y volverar, volverar a hacerlo, hacerlo de nuevo. Hemos depositado nuestra confianza en Dios y el sugira oh, this, this is a big word rescatan rescant, uh, rescatando re, rescatandonos rescatandonos mm, it's a big word rescan rescatandonos and then it goes to 11 which I only stopped at 10 so huh Asia okay Asia what did I say oh it's Asia it is Asia see I thought it would be Asia thank you so much thank you so much ah yes okay So, um, uh, Uncle Tim, this is from, uh, this is from, um, TikTok. What are your thoughts on mixed families where your child comes hard against your spouse? Um, I don't have full context, so I'm just going to take it. I don't know how long it's been. Um, I, I, I really feel that in blended families, there's got to be a lot of grace for the children to get adjusted. And again, I don't know how long it's been. It, it could be a lot of time, but um, depending on how old the child is, when the remarriage happened, the blending of that family, um, there's a lot of dynamics. And so there's got to be a lot of grace and a lot of communication. I, I feel like communication is foundational and central to all relationships, period. But when you're in blended families and mixed families, you have to up that communication by like 10x. Like there's got to be way more communication that's being had so that everybody has an opportunity to be seen, heard, known and loved. And in blended families, that's no different. So um, I hope that's good. I hope that's good. So what are your thoughts about opposite sex friendship? while you are in a relationship. Um, you might be asking the wrong person this question because uh, Juliet and I have um, friends of the opposite sex that we love very much. And if there was ever a friendship that we felt anything about, we're not jealous people, but if we felt anything that was kind of like, watch that person, um, then we would pay attention to that for sure. Um, but Ju Juliet grew up a tomboy, and so she wound up with a lot of male friends. And um, I, don't, I don't think I can call myself a tom girl, but uh, I just had a lot of 
uh, friends growing up that were girls. And they were like my sisters. My friends even actually teased me and called me gay because they, they were like, how come you're not trying to sleep with them? And I was like, ew, that's my sister. Like, they were really like my sisters. So that's just gross. So, um, uh, so I don't subscribe to uh, any relationship, male or female, that would cause division in your marriage. So same sex, opposite sex. And it's 2024, so let's not act like if you're hanging out with a bunch of dudes that some of them couldn't be gay. Like, stop playing. Um, and vice versa. Um, so uh, I feel like open communication around all of, friend, all of the friendships, whether they're uh, same or opposite sex, is the uh, cheat code to making sure that your relationship is protected and you can still have friendships that blossom out of that. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Um, it's 6.33. I think we started at like 4.30. Or, oh, it's been two hours and 10 minutes? Oh, then we started a little bit. Only one thing to, that I would request is yeah. uh, could you give one more shout-out to your cuzzo? It was on the first live stream. But that one had to go private because we got cut off. So Oh, got you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Lecrae won two Grammys. My cousin Lecrae won two Grammys. Uh, and I'm just so proud of him. Like, I, Cray, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for your um, authenticity, for your transparency, for your tenacity, for your veracity. Right? Your reach is still reaching, homie. Like, the collab with Tasha, Cobbs Leonard, and then... Church Close 4, bro, you deserve everything that you're getting. You've worked very, very, very hard. And um, to walk away with two of them stunners is just a blessing, man. And I just commend you. I love you. And I thank God for you. And the fact that we share blood is just um, a bonus. Um, but I love you so much, man. You are that dude. You are that dude. You are that dude. You are that dude. Hello, Tim. I'm Original Brick from the Brick House Ministry. You already know how much I love you, Juju, and Mom and Papa Ross. My question, despite being hurt by someone I trust and all, I keep hearing I keep hearing I'm responsible for my action, but days are very hard. Despite being hurt by someone I trust and all. All I keep hearing is that I'm responsible for my actions. Yeah. Um, when we've been hurt by somebody that we trust, you know, we are responsible. Yeah, we are responsible for it. First of all, salute to an original brick. I love you so much. And uh, Marion, $99.99. Listen, that's how bricks are. You an are, you are OG for sure. I love you, girl. And um, and I only know one Marion, so this got to be the Marion I'm thinking about. And, yeah, you were ride or die for sure because I, I did – I counseled with you, so I know exactly who I'm talking to. Um, when you've been hurt by someone you trust, we – you have to – you have to um, be responsible for your own actions and you have to be honest about their actions and – you have to make sure that you put yourself in a position not to be hurt by that person again. That's not a wall. That's a boundary. People get walls and boundaries mixed up all the time. Um, 
here, here's the way I would like to explain it. A wall is just that, right? It's a wall. You can't get past it. A boundary is actually something you can get past, but it's a marker identifying when you've passed it. A wall keeps stuff out and in. Boundaries mark what's in and out. So I'll give you a perfect example. Nobody watches a basketball game and puts walls up. Right? That would be a steel cage match. If, if, if they replaced the boundary, the out-of-bounds markers, with a chain-link fence, <laughs> then this is a different game altogether. Because you're running into the fence. You're diving for a, a loose ball. You're going to cut your face open because you're going to run into a fence. A boundary isn't a wall. It's just a marker that lets you and I know when you've crossed it. So I don't believe in putting up walls around myself or around others. But but I do need to know when you're out of bounds. You don't get to play this game and take 14 steps and then dunk a basketball. That's traveling. We're going to call that. There's a, there's a referee for a reason. He has a whistle. That's traveling. You were in the corner for a corner three. You grabbed the ball, you grabbed the ball, you took one dribble, your foot hit the out of bounds marker. That corner three, you got this much space behind you. The three don't count. You switched it. It was all net, but your foot was on the line. You was out of bounds, fam. What, what, what are we gonna do? So I think we need to we need to first determine what is a wall from a boundary. Once we do that, now let's talk about the fact that boundaries are really, really healthy. Someone I trusted betrayed my trust. That's a whole different thing. We don't want to be involved in any of that. So, my up or down, my right or wrong, is if I've been hurt by you, I'm going to have a conversation with you. If you don't want to have that conversation, I cannot put you in a position to do this again. I will set up very, very strong boundaries. And those boundaries will let both you and I know when they have been crossed. That's how I'm answering that question. And I hope that helps. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your evening basement episode that we did not think was going to happen. Um, and I love you guys so much. Thank you all for uh, hanging out with me on TikTok. Um, this is my first time ever doing this. I don't even know. The TikTok was really fun. They were engaging like crazy. Yeah, I see y'all here and I see 29,000 likes and or hearts. And thank you. Thank you. Shout out to all the gifters as well. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate you gifting. Oh, oh, my God. There's like a little heart hands that came up. That's so sweet. It was really cute, Tim. Sometimes when someone gives a certain gift, like the heart, it'll be a little gift, and it just just it was just hopping on your head while you were talking and podcasting. Y'all are so sweet. Y'all are good people, man. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for your support. I don't take it for granted. Um, and, and somebody just put a. It's like a cowboy hat. A cowboy hat. <laughs> what is that? Did y'all see me move my head like it was really on top of my head? What is that about? 
Y'all just get to do stuff? Y'all just get to throw stuff on my head? When they when they give a certain amount, they get those little gifts. And it'll hey, and a month. Whoa. Did I shake it off or did it just come off? I shook it off? So it could have just stayed there? Yes. Dude, that's wild. Are you kidding me right now? We're never doing TikTok live again. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got me out here. Thank you for the heart. Oh, that's so sweet. There's little puppies across the screen. Somebody just shook their tail feather in my face. It's a lot going on here, y'all. Hey, listen, I love y'all so much. And um, Monday, this is this is how we this is how we get down on Monday. So, um, oh, we had a guest today. Oh, I cannot. I cannot wait for you to hear the conversation. It's going to bless so many people. God, that's going to bless so many people. And then who 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 whose episode is dropping on Wednesday? David Winston. Oh yo, if y'all saw a clip from uh Instagram today or mm-hmm. uh hey on TikTok it was muted. I it. You fixed it? Yeah, you know they took all of like uh Universal's music. They won't use it anymore, so it's all good. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just remix it anyway. Oh, speaking of remixes, I'm 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 covering a, a Drake song, uh, keeping the same cadence and just changing all the lyrics, and that should be out probably by the end of this week for my B siders. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'll be in I'll be in uh, NYC this month. February the nineteenth. I'll be in yeah, I'll be in NYC, what I'm affectionately calling NYB. I'll be there on um the February the nineteenth. It's gonna be a dope, dope, dope uh pod. We got a lot lined up. Okay, I love you guys. I gotta go eat something or drink something or probably do both. I love you guys and until next time, peace. Press B with me and let's let whatever go be just be. Yeah, so press B with me and let's let whatever gon' be just be.